looks like the moon She says it's your eyes She sees everything Sarah. Hey Mary, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I am very well, thank you. As you know, um, last night I went Kaylee dancing. Oh my gosh, um, that was so fun. And I'm still on a high. It was the most fun I've ever had in my life. So uh, yeah, I've got. you can hear like this big smile on my face and that's because I think maybe someone slipped something into my drink because like I had <laughs> so much fun. It was It was like the best. So whoever did that, thank you. Um, I'm still like tingling all over or it could have just been the pure joy of dancing in a kind of like raucous pride and prejudice way so yeah it was like the best night I've ever had it was amazing oh my gosh it sounds amazing and next time you go I'm coming with you yeah you are we're going it's you're gonna love it I'm gonna do it for your birthday (laughs) I'm gonna make everyone I know do it like maybe form my own society like like hire out a hall I think this is what I want like I want a life where I can do have like a like as you said earlier like a Friday night social Mm. like and this is I think this is I think what it should be just rent out a church hall and do this every weekend and I would be happy for the rest of my life it just sounds so joyful it was so joyful so funny like my face hurt from smiling (laughs) it was yeah it was insane how's life Good, good. As I mentioned to you earlier as well, I saw the best movie I've seen in a long time, Paris 13th District. Mm -hmm. Loved it. It's just cool and funny and romantic. And I love the soundtrack. It just, it's perfect. Oh, amazing. I'm going to go and see it this week then. Mm. Sounds really good. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we'll, I'm sure that we might eventually even cover it on the pod in in a season or something because. There's a lot going on in it as well. It's really deep. Okay. What's, mm. What theme would you put it in? Oh, gosh. I mean, if we ever did something on erotic cinema, I feel like it would it would go into that. You know what? Like, let's put erotic cinema in our next poll. Yes. Um, I'm not trying to influence the vote. But <laughs> last time, because last time I tried to influence the vote and, like, no one listened to me. Um, so, but last time, like, most of the times we've had erotic cinema, it's always come, like, a close second or, like, mm-hmm. it's always got a lot of votes. So it could it could win, depending on what else we put in the mix. But you know what, actually? I just suddenly thought that it would also be a perfect title if, if, we, if we went with the theme of tech. <gasps> Tech, my beloved tech. Exactly. (laughs) Again, not to influence the listeners in the poll, (laughs) but that's what I want. I want tech to win. I want tech to win. There are so many amazing films that we could do. By the way, actually, speaking Mm. of uh, today's theme and Mm. also tech, have you been watching, um, have you watched, it's very hard to say, Tinder Swindler? Yes, I did. Oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my god! I knew I was right not to go on dating apps. There's swindlers on there. <laughs> I was just—I I mean, I really did sympathize with those women. Truly, yeah. like they've—they were. I felt so sorry for them. But at the same time, if I got a message, if I got a DM from a guy saying my enemies are following me, can yeah. you like wire me money? I'd be like, 
you've just been blocked, seriously. Like, <laughs> I just would never do that. But I can't judge. I'm not in that situation. What did you think of it? I mean, like, obviously, it's tempting. I, I do find it tempting to think that. Not like it wasn't. I think that what he did with that um, Norwegian girl, like, yeah. he, you know, like he had that bodyguard. He had that, like, scary night where they had to, like, turn the lights <laughs> off in the hotel and all that stuff. So I think, like, he sort of gave her, like, this experiential, like, it was one that was, like, you know, things that I think probably would be quite convincing like mm. you know so he did that like the, he he introduced the enemies before he introduced the money <laughs> so I was like you know I can see I can sort of see what happened to her I yeah. mean when she's like I, I took out like loans with like nine different banks <gasps> I was just like how did you even get loans from nine different banks like exactly. this needs to be potential condemnation of the financial industries like totally. it's ridiculous that they lent you that amount of money and like all of the other debts you had like it's crazy that anyone could get themselves into debt like that and that no one would just give her a phone call and be like have you recently met a guy on a dating app you know like it's insane but I don't know. I think I feel really, I was quite impressed by all, like, by her in particular. Yeah. Because it's really, like, I do think, obviously, perspective, like, at the moment, there's like a war going on. There are terrible things happening yeah. in life. But I do think, like, ego death wise, mm. being romantically humiliated is like one of the worst things that can happen to you. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's such terrible, hum- you know, it's such an awful thing that it does to you. Mm. And I think she's really, I think that's kind of amazing that she went on, like, on that documentary and told her story oh, anyway. And I also think it's like the worst thing that can happen to you. And it's also the best thing that can happen to you as well, because mm. it completely deconstructed all of the like falsities that she knew about love. Yeah. And it did and like and I think that on a smaller scale, what happened to those women happens to like most people, mm-hmm. you know, at some point in their lives. Especially <laughs> women, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, given how we're kind of socialized. And, you know, I think it changes what you think. I think something happens to you to change what you think love is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to take and to separate what love really is, which is kind of like a currency that we use in exchange for like companionship and financial security and children and all of these things, like a really nice, important currency, you know, like you, you you give all these things to someone in exchange for like them making you feel like a semblance of the safety that you felt like that, you know, you're supposed to feel like as a child. Yes. That's really nice. So that's what it is. Like something you do as a series of like gestures and behaviors. And I think like probably all these women thought that what love was, was, like you know the the thing that we all think love is which is like a return of like the anxiety and terror we've we felt as children about things that were like weird and beyond our control yeah so yeah I don't know I think it's kind of like it's terrible they got into so much debt but it's also like they just had a more dramatic awakening than the rest of us yeah maybe you're right maybe it's it's just a very dramatic reckoning and kind of like it's almost apocalyptic in the sense that you all of those belief systems that you've been building and maintaining for years are now just completely like ruin in ruins yeah and you're looking around you and you're totally discombobulated like you have no point of reference anymore but at the same time when I say apocalyptic that word can mean a good thing as well in in terms of like its ancient usage. The initial meaning was the lifting of the veil. You realize that a new, a new order is introduced a new, you know, over the old order. So 
even though it's painful and as you say, like publicly humiliating. And so it is actually very brave of them to tell their story. At the same time, they have really disabused themselves, as you say, of all those limiting beliefs about love. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it just needed to happen that way. But ultimately, we all go through a version of that. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, that's kind of, that's quite a hopeful way to look at it, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. They they seemed very, um, even though they were like, emotionally very vulnerable and expressive, I feel like that actually is a sign that they've processed a lot to be mm-hmm. able to make a documentary like this. Definitely. And so they're the, they're on the right path in their life, you yeah. know, for sure. And I also, I mean, I can't even begin. It's like obviously very kind of shrouded about him and who he is and what drives him to do those things. Oh my um, god! I thought it was like, interesting. I haven't actually finished watching it yet, but I thought it was interesting that his mother was like, "I haven't spoken to him in it like since he was 18. <laughs> and like, I was like, "Well, what went on with you two? Like, you know, that's <laughs> why. Well, I, I don't know. I think it's really he's the, the answer lies there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The answer lies in this guy. Like, you know, this kind of need to not only like yeah, this need to take women down a peg or two mm-hmm. is like is very strange. Oh, I yeah. also like the thing that really it wasn't so much that they gave him this money because like he really <laughs> I can see that he had like spun this like reality for mm. them and the re- you know and they were inside this reality and in that reality it seemed like a reasonable thing to do to a certain mm. extent. The thing that was when they were like you know he was just I you know he was so funny and so like vivacious and entertaining. <laughs> it's like really this guy looks like a piece of wood, like. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, are you sure? And like his messages are like, yes, I need some money. Like, it's just like, like, uh, I'm sorry, what? Like, have you met poor guys? Like, because they're like, <laughs> I don't think you know what charming is. Like, He was so dull and like. so boring. Like even his pictures were like. Oh my God. So boring. Those glasses and like, you know, that guy in like a private jet. Like, it was just. <laughs> Like, do you know, like, internet tropes? Like, yeah, it was so... Uh, that was the thing I found hard to swallow. He literally had nothing... Like, his personality was... There was not. There was none there. No, there really wasn't. There was nothing. Like, I don't understand. That's I the don't thing, understand. That's the thing I'm more taken aback by, that they managed to give this guy a personality. Like, or give this guy... Like, because it's always something that's kind of coming from them as opposed to from him, because yeah. he doesn't... And that's the weird, that's like the weird thing for me. Like, and I, and I wonder if that was a certain amount of, um, of like, think of sort of, you know, what people are supposed to be. Like they all had quite strong beliefs that men were supposed to be rich, <laughs> you know? I mean, th- but this is the thing. I think that he was blank enough that, yeah. that he was amenable to receive all of their projections like yes he was just such a blank slate he just offered them one or two little signifiers that kind of like piqued their interest and then opened up the possibility or the platform for them to just projectile vomit all of their fantasies onto this like void actually you know and um yeah it's just amazing to me it's like he really was an internet trope like he just was like a me he was he was you know what he was like an npc but like on a private jet yes (laughs) i guess i mean i guess like it's a cultural thing because like these girls must have had 
like a little bit of that in their lives already for that to mm. be something that they recognized and weren't frightened of because if I saw a guy on a private jet in a <laughs> on a dating app like that would I would be frightened of that because I've been brought up to be a little bit frightened of wealth mm. you know like I've mm. I've like brought up to be kind of distrustful of like conspicuous consumption yes. and like to be and to feel uncomfortable when people are like much more wealthy or much more well-educated you know it's yes. it's like not deliberately but just those are things I've picked up and so I tend to shy away from people like that, but they obviously had enough of it. But I guess that's that's like also he did he had the signifiers that chose that allowed him to choose the most successful mark because he chose the women with good credit ratings and with a little bit of savings. Yeah. So did. like they weren't they were some people that were already probably not like they maybe didn't know anyone with a private jet, but they were like a bit more adjacent to that lifestyle already mm. because they weren't threat. Like I would be really threatened if I met a guy like that. Oh, yeah. If I saw somebody messaging me and they're on a private jet, that's like a red flag to me. Yeah, same. Same. Like, like I, I can't explain why that is. Like, but I've linked sort of wealth and like immorality in my head. Yeah. As you said, conspicuous consumption. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. I feel like he was sort of like a mentalist. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like he was almost like hypnotizing them in a weird way to, to convince them that he was desirable. Yes, that's the that is the most mind-boggling thing. Yeah. Like there's nothing but then, you know, my like weird I don't know, childhood anxiety does not revolve around guys like that and maybe theirs did. You know? So mm. I I've, I've got no I got no idea but like he spoke to their unconscious. He really in a did. Way that um I don't relate to at all. No. But it's not like I've never been like scammed in various ways like so you know it's just he's not my he's not the guy that would scam me no way someone else would he had no game like no game no game at all like all right but then like to those women like flowers and hotels is game Mm. you know or it was or it was probably isn't anymore yeah now they're gonna like throw up when they see a picture of a private jet (laughs) Like aversion therapy. Like they're actually probably going to like lead the revolution now. Like yes. they've been like clockwork orange to like to like hate rich people. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> we can we can live in a glorious socialist utopia because of these ladies. Exactly. So really, he's kind of a revolutionary hero. Wow. Yeah. I'm. I don't want to know more about his bodyguard because yes, like, Peter Peter like I, like I like Peter <laughs> that's what I was like I, yeah I feel like we're just gonna be friends but is Peter single <laughs> like could you, could you introduce me to Peter <laughs> he's like a strong silent type yeah he was cute <laughs> he was he was like a teddy bear in the corner you know like so ludicrous I really want to know what is going on with Peter now like where is he do you think there's like a parallel not like a parallel universe but there's like an other unspoken (laughs) side of the con where like sometimes they switch places and like Peter's (laughs) the like Peter's the billionaire and this guy is like the bodyguard oh my god and like but like all of the women that have been scammed by Peter don't care (laughs) (laughs) because he actually had a good time had a good time (laughs) You know, there is, we don't need to have a Netflix documentary about (laughs) (laughs) everyone walked away happy. Yeah. It's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my God, Sarah, I swear to God, like you are so funny. Like, I I think you should do stand up or something because every time I talk to you now, you got me in stitches. No, I'm the thing is, I'm only like, I'm only funny with you. Like, no way. I don't believe that. When I talk to other people, I'm just like a wallflower. Like, whenever. We've like, on the like, of rare occasions, we've like guested together in other people's podcasts. I'm like the most boring person imaginable. Nonsense. <laughs> Nonsense. Seriously. I, I'm like, you, you might find that I'm going to become like a Svengali. Like I want to be like your impresario. <laughs> 100%. You can take 10% of all of it. But you have to, but you, like you, you can actually take 20% because you have to sit on the stage with me while I ignore the audience and talk to you. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be like the doors. Like when he had to like, t- heads couldn't face the audience. Like. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. No, seriously, we got to make it happen. Like you just crack me up. You're so funny. No, it's just the it's just the conversation. <laughs> conversation in the company. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I feel like it's nice that we gave this like impromptu review of yeah. the Tinder Swindler. Great title too. Did you see uh, the tweet that was like I asked my boyfriend what the Tinder Swindler was and he said <laughs> that actress that looks like David Bowie. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. This is very good. It's my funniest joke of the month. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean I've been looking forward to recording this episode with you for a while now because I can't even remember when we put out the request to get relationship dilemmas coming our way so that we can be just for today on this recording, your agony aunts, your uh, dispensers of questionable advice mm-hmm. <laughs> and we did get a few like I mean we we get we got a few messages and all of them are intriguing and fascinating so firstly huge thanks to those of you who wanted to share that with us um, I think we've got one voice note that we will play I will insert it into the recording um, and then the rest are dms which we'll read out yeah, well, I you know what, our first voice note, mm. um, it's actually a friend of mine, um, mm-hmm. so it was quite a joy to hear to hear her voice, and she said that we could use her voice notes, but I actually didn't check if we could use her name, mm-hmm. um, so let's think, she's named after, well, she's probably not named after, but she's got the same name as like a classical Hollywood actress, mm-hmm. so maybe we can give her the name of a different classical Hollywood actress, let's call let's her Audrey. That. Ooh, I like that. Yes, perfect. Okay, amazing. Okay, here goes. I have extraordinarily deep feelings and endless dreams about someone that I once dated that I was never even in a committed relationship with. And all that keeps coming back to me, call it Mercury Retrograde, Venus retrograde also is connecting back with him in some kind of capacity. Someone has once put our astrological charts together and been like, whoa, powerful, fucking hell. You're hooked on him. He's hooked on you. I don't like to use that phrase hooked because it makes it sound very fucked up and like I need to go to a 12-step meeting about it. Um... I certainly don't feel anxious. I don't feel in any way... 
I can't, I can't put it in one minute. I don't feel unmanageable about it or in any kind of turmoil. I actually feel excited, but not in a distracted way. Just kind of like, ah, oh, that's uplifting. So many sexual dreams with him, probably about four nights a week. We haven't seen each other in three years. We haven't connected in almost as long. What should I do? And I just feel like I should add, he was a bit of a dick. Because <laughs> otherwise, wouldn't it be so oh, so easy of, of course, get back in touch with him. Oh my God, reunite. He was a bit of a dick. Relatively immature. Mm, but the chemistry, I don't know. Why does it keep coming back? Unfinished business or something? Oh, amazing. Amazing question. Really good question. So a few days later, we got a second message where maybe a week later with a second part of this conundrum. So an update. Hi, both. I feel like it's important to just give you a little bit of an update in the last few days, which is that I decided for fun to join Field, F-E-E-L-D, and it's semi-anonymous, but, you know, kind of pictures of yourself, but half your face, you only put your first letter of your name, that kind of thing. He and I matched. I then chose to have a weekend not looking at an app and having fun elsewhere. And I opened it and saw he had dis <laughs> disconnected from our match. What? The opposite of hate. No, wait. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is apathy. I wouldn't have said that that's an apathetic move, but I was really looking forward to reconciliation. We fucking matched on a bloody app. No, 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 disconnection happened. What is that? Did he not recognize me? Or did he not ever think that I would like him back? And then when it suddenly popped up, it was all too much and he had a shame attack and went inwards on himself. Who knows? <laughs> Guys, tell me. Audrey has a beautiful voice. Beautiful and beautiful delivery. She doesn't, um, she doesn't rush. Mm. It's oh, so lovely and like sensual, beautiful voice. ASMR. ASMR, yeah. I yeah, she needs a podcast right away or a YouTube channel or something. Yeah, immediately. I think... Yeah. I think leave relationships for the time being and yeah. your podcast <laughs> empire. Um, so obviously Audrey is a friend of mm. mine. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe you should take the lead on this one because I don't want to, mm. and then I, and then I'll jump in after because I don't want to bring any of my, any of my like perceptions or knowledge mm. to this. So what do you think? Okay. So as an outsider, I I've never met her before. I've only listened to this voice note. Um, my first impression is that there's clearly a connection here. It's mm. undeniable, right? So she talks about chemistry and I don't take those things lightly. Okay. Mm. I, I am a big believer that if you find that kind of bond with someone where it's just unmistakable, it is so potent and undeniable and you can't ignore it. 
that's not for nothing. Even if there are many problems and even if like, as she says, he might have acted poorly or had been a dick in her words, I think it's worth her while to explore further because she says she has dreams about him. So I personally think that especially because they then matched and he unmatched her on a on a dating site i think that communicates a lot like and as she said herself the opposite of love is sort of apathy or indifference but he had to go out of his way to communicate like the you know the unmatching yeah that's true that's not apathy that there's something there's some strong feeling there in my view and if it's something that makes her feel alive and animated, even if it's going to be a rocky path, it's not every day that you get that feeling, you know? Yeah. So for what it's worth, that's just my opinion. I think she should go hell for leather. I think, you know what, like, I th- I think I wasn't totally sure what I thought about this just because I had the complication of knowing the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of, as you as you're talking, I remember having <laughs> this crush on this guy who I met at a club when I was really young I just like eventually like I remember telling I remember feeling like this for like a year and telling my friend about it and she was just like if you really feel like that you should just text him and like say you know I think about you a lot and let's go out mm-hmm. and like I think that was actually yeah I could totally agree with you and like I actually did that and that's the, fact, the only time I've ever done that in my life I'm usually mm. quite a reticent person I like things to happen to me instead of being the instigator yeah um but it like even and he just messaged back and was like yeah great let's go out and we did go out and like slept together once and didn't really talk again and that was like and it was kind of like obsession over <laughs> in a way yeah but I don't know I felt really good that I'd done that and I think you know there's no you know like that thing about the tinder swindler is like these women like at least like they know how they feel yes like and this guy is like doing everything he can to avoid like real human relationships Mm -hmm. and like so if you message him and it goes badly like at least you know how you feel and you know and he's obviously with his like strange sort of passive aggressive like matching and unmatching like has a lot more kind of stuff to figure out than you do exactly you have to kind of always maybe depending on the situation but maybe in this case it does apply that you're really only responsible for how you conduct yourself in relation to that person Mm -hmm. and you kind of have to just try and be authentic it's mostly about integrity of thought and action you know and as long as you're being true to yourself because I'm hearing her voice on on that message and the way she speaks about him is very revealing. You can really hear the passion in her voice in relation to him. Mm-hmm. And that's her answer, you know, I think. that, that that's, that's the key to her question. It's already contained in her voice. He really animates her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I say go for it. Yeah, I think that animation is so – you're so right. I think, mm. like, I, I definitely – it's great to have your – it's great to do this with you. Because like I like through various experiences in my life, I've allowed chemistry to do me quite a lot of damage. Mm, um, all the times same. when I felt, chem- <laughs> you know, I I have a my chem I have bad history of chemistry, and I'm like an addict. <laughs> like I I actually I'm not I can't have chemistry anymore. Like I can't have too much chemistry or I'll get hooked. Um, not and but I also think like I would never live my life again without all of without that feeling. 
no matter how painful that feeling was like I think it's just as an, an important part of life as like learning how to have a nice respectful relationship is mm-hmm. like so I don't I think like as much as I have these thoughts about chemistry and these thoughts about you know like why you become sort of obsessed with someone like, I wouldn't want anyone to miss out on those things and yeah. to not like chase that feeling as much as like they can handle it like I just couldn't handle that feeling <laughs> after a while but <laughs> and that doesn't mean I won't like allow myself to have it in small doses in the future but mm-hmm. I have I, like I've got quite a crackdown on me and chemistry these days like I've got I'm quite careful with those with that feeling you're microdosing um, chemistry. I'm microdosing chemistry. Yeah. Um, but the only thing I would say as um Audrey's friend yes. is, you know, if you're really as a dick, please don't like bring him to lunch with us. <laughs> like, <laughs> bring someone nice and funny. Yeah. Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. Yeah. <laughs> Live your dirty little chemistry life in secret <laughs> in your private. <laughs> bring someone nice to brunch. <laughs> No, I, I mean, honestly, I just think, yeah, I, I, I totally sense her kind of feeling ambivalent about it because if there already had been things that done where she got hurt, I, I understand. And you have mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, of course, it's, it's natural to be a little gun shy, you know, but at the same time, I'm a big believer of if you really feel it in the moment. And you, you, you know, you kind of deprive yourself of that experience because you think you're doing the cautious, mature thing. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't want to be like 50 years in the future on your deathbed going hashtag regrets, you know? Yeah, it's so true. And also like, you know, as she said, she doesn't feel upset or hurt. It doesn't no. seem to be causing her any pain. And no. she also hasn't even said, I mean, I don't know particularly, but she hasn't said that she wants a relationship with this person. Or no, babies. no, exactly. <laughs> like, so, you know, I think it sounds like she's pretty open to just something, you know, something happening that she doesn't really have particular sort of thoughts. She's not, she's not att- attempting to sort of control what happens with this person. Yeah. Or not expecting that person to give more than he can. Or not, or even not expecting that person to not be a dick and not be immature. Mm. So she's got a pretty like realistic idea of the situation. Yeah, um, she does. She's already yeah. got a lot of realizations about the limitations of what this can be. Yeah. So armed with that, I mean, that's half the battle in most cases. People are coming in with a lot of emotional baggage, unconscious stuff they're projecting onto the other person, fantasies about that person. And this applies to everyone. So the fact that she's already got this awareness and consciousness about the possibilities and what also she expects out of the encounter, I think she's pretty well equipped to go into this if she wants to explore further, you know, whatever that can be. And then I also think that if it doesn't work out, Mm -hmm. like, this isn't the only ex- this, this isn't the only experience of that animated feeling she's going to have in her whole life. Like there mm-hmm. are pl- there are in my experience there are plenty of people that deliver that feeling. And like if all else fails, Kaylee dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you know, there's like there's lots of those experiences to be had. I always think if someone doesn't stick around, like it's kind of you. It's kind of a good process to sort of like deconstruct them into like the elements that you maybe want to take into your own personality. 
Mm-hmm. And like the things that you admire about that person that made you feel that way, like maybe those are things that you suppress in yourself. So. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe that's already a side of you that you find appealing, but you don't know how to bring out. Mm-hmm. So when you encounter it in someone else, they're like a mirror for you. You're like, they're reawakening something that was dormant in you. Exactly. So that's definitely worth considering as well, like thinking about in all of this. Yeah, it's already in you, Audrey. Yeah, it's literally your dreams. So, and you're the auteur of those things. You are. So they sound amazing. And it's nice that you're having such great adventures every night rather than like some of the hellish (laughs) things we construct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, And please, you know, if you ever decide to document your your affairs I will be the first person to buy your audiobook yeah I want to hear you talk about it because it's just simply divine it's lovely or maybe yeah. like a sort of sleep podcast like an oh ASMR thing that's lovely <laughs> an erotic podcast oh you have so many options girl yeah <laughs> brilliant yeah okay well hopefully that was useful to Audrey um I'm, it's going to be so confusing to see her now and like try and figure out what to call her. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, send her my regards when you do meet up with her. I will. And maybe she'll be kind enough to uh, phone in an update at some point if mm, something yeah. else or something more happens. Yeah. Cool. Um, what's our next one? So our next one is Elizabeth, and I'm going to read out the query that was sent to us via DMs on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So Elizabeth says, hey guys, I'll keep it short because this is at risk of becoming a long overexplained rant. Here's my relationship question, and it's a general relationship query. It's kind of a heavy, deep-rooted one. And I feel very vulnerable asking this as it as it does not portray me in the best light. After being in a long-term toxic and bordering emotionally abusive relationship between the ages of 17 to 26 years old, I spent five years being single, working on my unexpressed feelings, rage issues, and codependent tendencies, and have come out the other side extremely independent and self-confident, when it comes to character judgment. But as a result of this, I'm worried I have overcorrected into narcissism and self-righteousness because now I have an extremely low tolerance for bullshit or character flaws. However, I'm also a believer in determinism and that our personality traits are not always our fault, but are the product of genetics and environment blah, blah, pretentious, blah, blah. (laughs) My question is, how do I relate to people again and reconcile these two contradictions? One, the fact that I cannot seem to tolerate other people's lack of self-awareness and character flaws. And two, that I also philosophically cannot blame them for this. I would love your psychoanalysis and don't hold back. Basically, I don't want to turn into someone who thinks they're great and that everyone else sucks and so cannot make any meaningful connections ever again. I feel like I have lost my compassion and that that is not the kind of person I want to be. Mm. Wow. Okay. First off, I mean, I'm so impressed with how she framed her query. It's so interesting. Yeah, it is really interesting. And I think like 
obviously she's a really self-aware person mm. and thank you so much for sending this in yes um, thank you like really interesting um I mean I think the, the I totally understand this feeling of l- I feel I've lost my compassion mm. and that's not the same for the kind of person I want to be I think I've definitely been there um, oh yeah me too. Uh, I would just call it. I like. I actually was talking to my boyfriend about um, some of these some of these questions, and I was like, I think I, you know, maybe was like, you know, a little bit mistrustful. And he was like, you weren't mistrustful. You were just in an extremely bad mood <laughs> when I when I met you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that is exactly what I was. Um, <laughs> but um, I think the first thing that I noticed about this mm-hmm. is like a very large amount of like lingo Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. um that I think is maybe something to look at um so like um you know codependency narcissism all -hmm. of these kinds of things I think that they might be like part of a self-protective shield Mm -hmm. to think of people as you know maybe like pathologies or mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to like sort of complex individuals mm-hmm. I don't know what do you think yeah I agree I think that doing a lot of like self-reflecting as I'm sure you know she must have done in those years that she was single you know working on herself working on her feelings trying to process those things the anger stuff and that's totally understandable you know i can completely relate to wanting to do that work on yourself mm. and how essential that is but yeah you're right it does i guess the formulation communicates to me as someone who i, I i've never met elizabeth you know obviously you know i i, I can't be a an accurate judge of her character because I don't know her in person or in real life. But just from this message alone, I think that there is a tendency to maybe want to self-protect and through these kinds of ideas, you know, these psychological concepts. And whilst I think it's smart to like arm yourself with knowledge at the same time, the kind of paradox there is that, to be in a relationship and to be open to experience a lot of like spontaneous feelings that are not under our control, you kind of have to surrender to that. You have, mm. there has to be like a willingness to kind of let go of a lot of that kind of armor, that protective armor. Because as long as you're fully shielded, nothing can like seep in, right? Nothing can penetrate that. Yeah, I just I I just wouldn't want it to be the case that for Elizabeth, she might miss out on some really spontaneous moments emotionally, where the person might actually not be fully together, they might not have fully processed all of their shit, all of their issues. But there's something else potentially valuable that she can gain from the experience and she might miss out. Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't want that to be the case for her. Yeah, I agree. I think it sounds like you, yeah, like Mary said, you've equipped yourself with a lot of knowledge. Mm. It's time to take that knowledge practical, (laughs) you know, like test it out, test, like, you know, take it into the real world and see, maybe you'll be surprised at your ability to like handle the 
really scary parts of people. Yeah, exactly. And the best way to get practical, because that, that I, I agree with you, Sarah, that is the way forward. Th- this is all well and good what she's described, but it's all theory. It's yeah. all academic and intellectual. You got to go out and my advice, and this is my advice across the board, practically to anyone, is meet as many people as you can possibly fit into your schedule. <laughs> like don't overcommit yourself to anyone. Just organize coffee dates, you know, walks in the park. I'm talking about just getting to know people, like casual convos. Test out the chemistry because without those concrete IRL experiences, this is all just academic. Yeah, these are untested theories. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're very pro-science on Projections (laughs) Podcast. Do you even have a control group, Elizabeth? I want to see you in that lab coat right away. Um. Um, I have a piece of advice and I'm not joking. Kaylee dancing. (laughs) That would be an amazing first date. Oh my God. And I think, you know, it would like, it will give you all of these like, like erotic feelings of being truly alive. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to control. It's a little bit dangerous. And it's like the best time ever. It's a good time to, it's definitely good, good first date. I'm going to prescribe this yeah. to every single person because <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it is the cure for everything. This is the cure-all that we've all been waiting for. It is, it is. I'm, I'm now like, worried that it's going to be, that I'm not going to like get into the next one because all the people <laughs> on our podcast will be there with their dates. <laughs> There's going to be a cure on the blog. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, actually, what you're saying reminds me of a great quote by Plato. Hmm. Um, You you learn more about a person in an hour of play than in a lifetime of conversation. Oh, that's a great quote. Isn't it? Yeah. So that, but it, it, it totally aligns with what you've been saying, you know, activities that just are based on playing and joy and laughing and letting loose, you know? Yeah. It sounds you, like Elizabeth's done a lot of work in the last yes. few years. And I don't know if she's had, ever had a night off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't be too hard on yourself, you know, um, let your hair down and, when the f- situation seems right to you, then you can also let your guard down. You mm-hmm. know, you follow your instincts, but have fun. Don't forget to have fun. It's really important. Meet a lot of people. It's like that movie, Yes Man, you know, with Jim Carrey and Zoe mm-hmm. Deschanel. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's some there's some great, like, wisdom in that, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Don't Don't let what happened to you in the past limit you now. Trust yourself. Now you know better. You're not going to let that happen again. You know the signs, you know what the red flags are. I believe that if you're already even concerned that, you you know, as you phrased it, that you're worried you've lost your compassion. To me, that's a sign you have not. Yeah, Uh, I agree. uh, Do you know what I'm saying? I feel that the entire way through. Like, it's like if if people who are really narcissistic, Mm -hmm. like they would never even allow the thought to enter their head. Like, it's that's not what you are. (laughs) Yeah. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Like, that kind of questioning and curiosity that you've demonstrated in your question 
for me, confirms that, yes, absolutely, you are a com compassionate person and you're not lost in like self-conceit and self-delusion. No way. Mm -hmm. You are concerned about that and you want to preserve that. And you want, but most importantly, you got to apply that. That's the thing. It's, an, it's all about the application. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I got faith in you. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> oh, Oh, I want to meet all these people and see how they see how they're doing in like a year's time. <laughs> Me too. I'm feeling like very protective over these people. Me too. <laughs> I want the best for them. <laughs> so who's next? Okay, let me see who. Okay, right. This is a long one. Mm -hmm. um, so this person, I think we're keeping anonymous. Yeah. So I've named it an internet affair to remember. So what was weird about my story and yesterday's episode is that I had an internet affair for about four years. This ended five years ago, but it coincided with a few other traumatic things, like finding a friend who had died, um, that it took a solid year to process everything and untangle the sadness, guilt, anger, confusion of the affair from everything else that happened. Mm -hmm. um, I buried those other much more important things in the breakup because it was easier to be consumed by one thing rather than everything, if that makes sense. The affair was really unhealthy because I wasn't in a good place when it started. I had quite codependent, people-pleasing behavior. And he was, well, I diagnosed him as a covert narcissist, which I'm not qualified to do. Totally get that. But it is like one of the most famous, like my favorite activities. So um, <laughs> um, his behavior was quite typical, all or nothing, love bombing, being totally avoidant and stonewalling. Having no interest in conversing on topics that didn't directly reflect his thoughts or feelings or made him feel flattered, etc. And even though I saw these red flags pretty much immediately, I plowed on with it because at the time any attention or feeling needed by someone was enough. However, all that being said, it only worked for me because he was in a different country and therefore I'd never have to make any actual commitment or actualize the relationship in any physical way. That was my own secret avoidant agenda and that always made me feel like I had some sort of control, like a hidden eject button. Mm. the four years weren't continuous there was a lot of on again off again the offs always instigated by him and it made me feel like I had lost my autonomy it was really consuming so the last time it happened I thought okay I have to draw a line under it myself this time I have to really cement that it's over so I flew mm. to his country and we met because I knew that for me making it real was what would end it it wasn't that easy I'm married I have children I honestly don't know how I made it happen because now it feels like a film I watched or something rather than real life and of course, I didn't immediately get home and feel like, great, that's over and done with, I'm fine. It's been a very gradual process. I went to therapy, I addressed my relationship issues, I learned about my attachment style and what that meant for me. I started meditating, all these things. Yet I did what I did for the sake of closure, but I'm not sure that it exists in the way people think it does. Mm -hmm. I think it's more a decision you make or a realization you have that you're not well that your behavior is unhealthy and that you start a journey at that point to understand yourself, incorporating your shadow back into yourself instead of having this double life, etc. Hmm. That's not really a question, is it? It's more <laughs> of a confession. Uh, what I'm asking is, what is closure? Is it real? Is it even a helpful term? Because a lot of people seem to think of it as a magic pill. Hmm. Amazing question. Amazing story. <laughs> Amazing story. What are your thoughts, your initial impressions? Well, first, I'm really honored that someone told this to us, you know, yeah. or kind of trusted us with this story. It's like, I mean, my initial impressions is I'm really, imp I'm as a 
you know, in this current state I am of being, of controlling um, chemistry, I'm very impressed with her methods of control. Mm-hmm. You know, she really seems to kind of have that understanding of desire being better when it's at a distance. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of, I don't know, this seems like a person who has a really good, like, who has a really good self-awareness. Like, I mean, I would imagine all our listeners have a really good self-awareness because yeah. where else would you be listening to us, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, the actual question, mm. I mean, I think that if you think, if you're talking about kind of closure in a one day you wake up and you, you know, you feel completely better way, then no, definitely not. Mm-hmm. But I think that people and your relationships with them, their significance and meaning changes for you the further you get away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably something that is relevant to all of the people that have asked questions. Yes. Um, you know, I think closure is a bit like grief. Um, if anyone's, I'm sure most people have experienced someone dying. Um, or especially if it's like in a shocking or um, if it's someone young or and you know you think that it will go in these stages and it doesn't you know you get Mm. like you can get incredibly upset at um, this tiny trigger years later and I think it's the same with people who we've been in sort of dysfunctional relationships with or who we've had you know this quite some kind of painful experience with if you're feeling, you know, sometimes it will come back to you like 20 years later and make you feel like shit again. Yeah. Um, and that's just because it's, I don't know why that is, but I don't think that means, I don't think that really has any particular meaning other than that it's a part of you and that, you know, something was painful because it resonated with something very deep in your unconscious. Mm. so yeah I mean I don't think but I think that the further you get away from this the more that person's meaning in your life will change and you'll be able to kind of see it as probably like maybe even a good thing that happened to you Mm. yeah yeah I tend to agree I think that when things happen romantically that feel when it feels really chaotic um in the moment we rightly feel like we've lost control of the situation and you know we're trying and you know the, i think the emphasis here in the question about finding closure is interesting because it sets limits right to something mm. that feels like overflowing with the unknown and so we want to find a way to kind of draw a line under it close that chapter in our life and move on. Mm. But I don't know. I don't really feel like that's totally possible in a realistic way. I think we have to kind of see it as another platform onto which our desire plays out. And our desire too has the potential to be chaotic, overflowing dimension of the jouissance, you know, the painful principle. Mm -hmm. There's like an an excess to how we feel that is also factoring into this situation. So the closure might not necessarily totally relate to that other person. 
Mm. We have to maybe make peace with the fact that we may never have that closure with our own desire, actually. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's bad advice, but I would almost discourage you from necessarily finding closure. Because if you think of it as just another stage where your desire plays out, it becomes more realistic to think some of that chaos also belongs to me and that's okay. Mm. Yeah, I think when you said what you when you said what you said, I think this person really know understands that that chaos belongs to her. Mm. I think that's all right. I think she's totally okay. I think, and I think, I think, I think she knows the answer to her question. I think so too. Um, I'm really happy that she gave it to us as something to have a discussion about. Um, but this person, this person sorted it, sorted, you know, having a relationship with someone who does have these sort of narcissistic behaviors or, you know, project a lot of their unpleasant mm. feelings onto you. It is like having a relationship with yourself to all intents and purposes. That's what it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, like that's really, I think that's really interesting that she mentioned those kind of narcissistic behaviors because, and, and that she never really met the guy. Um, right. So yeah, I think, but I think it seems like she knows all of this. <laughs> I think so too. Cause I know, cause I've been in long distance relationships in the past and um, like before I got married and I don't know, I, I obviously wasn't thinking this consciously at the time, but looking back retrospectively, I wanted to feel at a safe distance from myself, actually. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's so true. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this questioner already has a lot figured out. Yeah. I think actually maybe the act of writing it out in the DM the way she did was maybe like might have potentially been a good exercise for her to demonstrate to herself that she's already covering a lot of the basis here. Yeah, uh, honestly, if anything, this question has helped me figure some things out. Yeah, so, <laughs> definitely. Mm. Um, so yeah, definitely more of a confession than a question, but very interesting yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what is the pseudonym we're giving for the next person so i've just i've named this story the reluctant polyamorist i don't even know if polyamorist is a word Mm -hmm. but i've made it up um do you want to read this one i will cool so this person says i hope i'm not too late with this agony on submission because i really do have a problem for you for context i i broke up with my long-term boyfriend at some hazy point between lockdowns and as a result, basically spent the last year doing a lot of casual dating. This started off fun, but ultimately left me feeling bored of shallow encounters and drained and frustrated that no one seemed willing or able to match my intensity. I'm a double Scorpio. Oh my God, I feel you. (laughs) I feel you. I'm a double Scorpio as well. Are you double too, Sarah? No, I'm not. I've got my Capricorn and my Virgo, so I'm a... Oh, thank God. Uh, boring, repressed Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you're you definitely the saner one here. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a double Scorpio and Virgo moon. So it's like oh, very... Yeah. I have a Virgo yeah. moon too. I, we do have that in common. We do. Yeah. Okay, so they continue. So I deleted all my apps and decided to focus on myself or whatever. 
I obviously then straight away met someone and things got very intense very quickly. We basically spent January running around town like an embarrassing pound shop version of Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. Amazing reference. Amazing. You can't be more embarrassing than those two. Not possible. <laughs> she literally gave me a piece of her skull and asked me if I wanted to be her girlfriend. It's a goth dream. <laughs> My shriveled little heart was so happy to be feeling something again. But, 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 she's polyamorous. The problem is that at my core, I'm basically a very jealous and petty person, and I've always been okay with that. It's served me well in, in life so far. I knew that this clash in relationship styles was going to be a problem I'd have to deal with at some point, but I was shocked it came up so quickly. I spent one day away from her in a week and the next time I saw her, she was like, so I love you, but I met someone else yesterday and I also love them. Hmm. So now I'm in a polyamorous relationship against my better judgment. We talked about feelings, boundaries, expectations, blah, 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 etc. I felt reassured that we had good enough communication for me to sincerely give this a try. It's not going well. The other day, she very last minute ditched me for her other girlfriend, who was apparently having some kind of breakdown. They both seem to have a lot of dramas that take up their time. I feel I could join in with the noise, but I don't really have any interest in having to compete in the trauma Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> having said that, help, I'm losing my mind. I feel like I'm, I'm living in an Almodovar film. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my question is... Should I ditch the most exciting person I've dated in ages and save my sanity or ride out this roller coaster of emotions until it inevitably crashes and burns and I'm left in a puddle of tears on the floor, but also possibly with enough material for many projects to come? Amazing. Amazing. I love the way she, she writes. She's so funny. Brilliant. That is such a brilliant message. And she is so funny. Yeah. Um, and she is a Scorpio and Scorpios do want to be the most important one. We want to be adored, baby. Yeah, we want and deserve to be. Absolutely. Um, so I totally relate to that completely. Yeah, absolutely. It's not an easy thing to just be a libertine and be expected to participate in a complex love collective. Yeah, I think you've got to ne not necessarily be an overthinker, mm -hmm. I think, to to deal with one of those things. I really get the impression that mm -hmm. this person is, I mean, I was really intrigued by that last sentence, possibly enough material for many projects to come. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, even the way that she's writing this <laughs> message, it's already material, it's already a story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can see that, you know you're viewing these other two people like you can see you can see their annoying tendencies you can see their drama like you're watching them almost like uh like characters and so that kind of reassures me because it feels like even though this is obviously causing you you know pain or feelings of jealousy you're also observing it as you're already observing it as a, like a funny story and yes. I think that's reassuring to a certain extent because I think you've got a certain amount of guard up over your feelings to be able to talk about it like this. Yeah, definitely. Oh, for sure. Like the, the fact that you're already through your description 
able to see the funny side um, and you can see the irony in the situation that you didn't want to get like pulled into a serious thing and now you are in a serious relationship. Mm -hmm. The irony is not lost on you, but at the same time, I think just practical advice I would be tempted to tell you. I mean, I'm so loath to tell anyone what to do. I'm a big believer in let people do whatever comes naturally to them. And even if it turns out to be a mistake, it's a learning opportunity, you mm -hmm. know? So who am I to deprive someone of that? But I would almost caution you about this dynamic of relationship, not because it's polyamorous and not because it's got too serious too fast, but because. They sound really dramatic. Yeah, they sound like a pain in the ass. honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, all due respect, but you sound really chill. Yeah. <laughs> like, you sound like you can see that what they're up to is, like, not your vibe necessarily. I just don't think you're that person. No, and I think you've said, like, I, I trust this person not to get drawn in on, into the drama. Mm. You know, this line, I don't really have any interest in having to com compete in the trauma Olympics. Because, <laughs> honey, you're a Scorpio. You don't need to compete. No way. Like, if your dark, smoldering style of drama <laughs> isn't being recognized, like, find someone who will appreciate and become addicted to that. Because... <laughs> Like, you don't need to, like, there is so much drama. There's more drama in your little finger than exactly. these people can, can orchestrate. Um, but that said, you know, you said, oh, ride out this roller coaster of emotions until it inevitably crashes and burns and I'm left in a puddle of tears on the floor. That feels like your decision to me mm -hmm. and your self-aware decision because ultimately you want a good story. <laughs> like, because you're an amazing storyteller. And, yeah. you know, if that's your decision, then I kind of trust you to be able to handle that. Yeah, you'll be able to navigate that the best way that you can mm. that serves you. Put yourself as the priority here because Scorpios are in a different class. Yeah. It's just, you know, we don't do histrionics. Yeah, I think you kind of reassured me, actually, that she's probably not going to get... <laughs> Like pulled into that kind of hot mess you don't want to let it cramp your style you're too cool for that also the other thing that that sort of thing that sort of person does is that they force you to become like the mum mm -hmm. or like the wise the wise friend or the wise you know the calm spouse that they can come to with their drama constantly yeah and that's actually that's not fun that's not no like that's not I don't know I don't want you to get saddled with that role of having to be the sensible one because exactly. you that's that's not fair that's not what you signed up for you signed up to be Megan Fox yes no one would ever go to Megan Fox for advice no way <laughs> <laughs> no it, exactly and especially also as you know just in the kind of wider context of things I just think be open to meeting new people and keep your options open. Yeah. Although it's interesting because, you know, she says she was looking for something casual and then she fell into this like very intense relationship, which then yeah. became polyamorous. So in a way you have kept things casual, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, or you've kept things, you know, you've, you've somehow found a relationship that I don't think you see being long-term. 
Mm-hmm. So in a way, you have actually fulfilled your aims. That's like, true. You're in a relationship that you don't, you can't really take seriously as it's not sustainable. It's, yeah, in a relationship that's not sustainable. So. I think maybe this is just part of your experimentation phase, not in, so not yeah. in terms of like of the polyamory, but in just the meeting lots of people. You know, in a way, you are kind of casual dating, even though you're in this relationship. <laughs> That's such a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the thing is, you should be having fun. Yes. And that's not what this is. This is now becoming, you know, having to almost care for these people, like emotionally. I don't know if that's the bit that you signed up for. Make sure that you keep the fun and excitement at the center of it. Mm. Like the bit where she says that uh, the girl gave her a piece of her skull. (laughs) Yeah, I really would like, I feel that's the only bit of the letter that I don't like because you really gave us no extra information there. I mean, now I have so many questions. Yeah. Like, how did what? this even come about? <laughs> I mean, what happened to her skull? I have so many questions. But it also reminds me of, um, you know, when Angelina Jolie, was she dating or married to Billy Bob Thornton and they were wearing each other's blood in yeah, vials? They were married. They were married. Yeah. So maybe this is just your like Billy Bob Thornton phase. Exactly. And then what comes next? Johnny Lee Miller or is Johnny Lee Miller first? And Billy I, think Bob Jolly, I think he was first. So he's first. So you've had your Johnny Lee Miller phase. You're in your yeah. Billy Bob Thornton phase. Is Brad Pitt? No. Wait, what about um that girl from um, oh. the beautiful Asian girl? Yeah. Ooh. Jenny. Jenny something. Yeah, this is what you can look for. This is next for you. Yeah, amazing. It also reminds me of, um, what was that film about the black metal band? Oh, um, oh God. Lords of Chaos. Yeah. You know, it's like, everyone thinks it's a piece of skull, but it's just like a chicken bone. (laughs) So I'm just like, I think you might have a chicken bone. Oh my god! You need to get that forensically examined. Yeah, I think I think you do. <laughs> I don't know if you have a piece of skull. <laughs> no, I I really I think she's delightful. You know, yeah. I I loved her question, but I again, it seems like a lot of our questioners are coming to us already with the answer yeah. baked into their questions. Yeah, they are. Like I have think this person's got the the tools and personality traits they need to get themselves out of this when they need to get themselves out of it definitely both of your your the options that you gave us they both involve this relationship ending yes ditch ditch the most exciting person i've ever dated in ages or you know the crash and burn so that's true you've already decided that this relationship is coming to an end it's just there is no alternative to yeah, that. Yeah, you don't have an alternative to that. So it's just in the way that you want to do it. And if mm-hmm. this is already boring and annoying for you, mm. um, then maybe sooner rather than later, so you can meet your Jenny. What's her name? Yeah. <laughs> what is that woman's name? Okay, I need to know now. Hang yeah. on, I'm going to Google this and edit around this. She was hot. She was. Shimizu. Ah, yes. Shimizu, Jenny Shimizu, Shimizu. I'm not sure, but yes. Damn. Wow, they were good together. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, good luck to you. Yeah, very good luck. (laughs) Thank you for the entertaining message. (laughs) We have one final one. Yeah, 
So I have named this the pun of personal painer. <laughs> um, it starts with a little emoji and love advice. Mm. Hi, I love your podcast. Thank you. I mm-hmm. wanted to, to submit my story for your relationship advice call out. So I've been sleeping with a guy on and off for five years now. He has a girlfriend. This is extremely out of character for me. But to be honest, I was so depressed and lonely and he was very persistent. So I thought, fuck it. It's very obvious what this is. He only ever calls at like 4 a.m., comes and leaves. <laughs> um, it's exciting. It's painful. It's fun. It's upsetting. I guess the advice I need is, do I carry on knowing I'm all I'm going to get from this guy is 4 a.m. dominant daddy sex and nothing else? He's a personal trainer with an amazing body, which is probably why I've let it go on so long. <laughs> Concise. Concise. Yeah. So, okay. So it's like a booty call relationship. Yeah. I, don't, I know this is going to be probably not the advice that I should give out. But I'm so tempted to say, like, carry on. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, 4 a.m. dominant daddy sex and nothing else? That sounds amazing. (laughs) It's true. I mean, I have to say, like, in this message, Mm. the bit that concerns me Mm. and I would love more information on is Mm -hmm. two bits. You said this is extremely out of character for me. But it's been going on for five years. So does that mean you haven't felt like yourself for five years? Mm. And that you were depressed and lonely. I know. And are you depressed and lonely still? And that's why it's still going on. Do you connect this relationship with your loneliness and depression? And I, I that's that's the bit that worries me. Not yeah. this guy. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like this guy's the cause of your problems. Yeah. Um. And I don't. I think. It's, I think that, yeah, I mean, I don't, you haven't given us very much to go on, mm. but it seems like you are a bit unhappy or you're having, or something's made you unhappy or lonely mm. and you've kind of connected this guy to those feelings. I don't know. What do you think, Mary? Yeah, I think that's really wise. Um, I'm so glad that you're here to balance out my... <laughs> very bad advice Look, we all love daddies like you know we're that's all... the thing like oh my god you're killing me yeah, you amazing. know this guy sounds amazing exactly you know? like pass him on when you do finish with him like yeah exactly but you know that's not that's not but that's not really the issue is it you're no. right I think you're absolutely right it's more that yeah it's more the kind of timeline of this I mean I'm not getting from this message what your real feelings are for this guy. It sounds like you just find him hot. Mm. Um, it's, it sounds like it's more of a physical thing. But then again, there's like a kind of vague indicator there that maybe it is difficult for you emotionally because you're saying that it is exciting and fun, but also painful and upsetting. So I'm, I'm sensing from that there is an attachment to him. Mm. Like you got to ask yourself honestly – do I see this guy being my boyfriend or do I want a more a more committed relationship than what we're doing at the moment? You got to ask yourself those questions. Like truly be honest with yourself. Is this the guy I want to be with? Mm. And if so, if you truly believe that's the case and if you're in love with him and you see you're like, having maybe a future with this guy, the next question is, are you prepared to tell him that? Yeah. I think that's good advice. I think 
it sounds like this guy's got his, some questions to ask himself as well. Oh, definitely. Um, why, like, why have a girlfriend if you've if you also have this other relationship? Um, for five years. For five I mean, years. That's not insignificant. That's not insignificant. Like, I'm not. You know. I, I'm I'm not, I'm not that like knowledgeable about the psychology of love, <laughs> but I know for sure if someone is like calling you constantly for five years, and you've got this like ongoing thing with them, and they have a girlfriend, for sure this guy has feelings. There's some feelings involved. It can't just be just the sex. Yeah, you're in a relationship. Yeah, I think Mary's right. I, you haven't given us very much indication of how you feel, but you're right. Mm. Like, I think if it is, if something's upsetting you about it, maybe it is the case that you really have feelings. But if that's not the case, my second question would be: Is something is something else wrong? And you're yeah. and you're using your relationship with this guy to hide that from yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's especially convenient to do that when a relationship is like this and it's mainly based on the physical Mm. and you can just concentrate on like the body aspect of what you guys get up to but the truth is like just because you don't address the emotional or intellectual connection it doesn't mean that it's not there and you have to investigate what that is for you Mm. so the question is, do you want to stop? Do you want to stop these encounters? Yes or no? Do you have feelings for this person? Are you in love with them? Like, do you want to have a relationship? Do you want to build a future with them? Like, you have, there's a lot of questions here. Yeah. I'm also wondering if, you know, I haven't heard very much about other people that you may have been with during this yeah. five years. This, so this, I think this is clearly an important part of your life, these 4 a.m. experiences, like... <laughs> Are you worried that if you get into a different kind of relationship, then you'll have to give this up? And do you mm. worry that there's no relationship where you can recognize the rec- like reconcile these two different parts of you? Mm-hmm. I think that's something we all really struggle with. Yeah. Um, and actually, I don't know what the answer is, so I wish I had not no. asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's very relatable. I mean, actually, we all have to reckon with that. Yeah, I think that's not that's something we all really struggle with, and I think that's probably the reason when we do find really great sex that Mm. doesn't work for us in other areas of our lives then we do keep it and it's possibly applies to him as well yeah um which is really interesting to consider but it's just about balancing what's it's about balancing what makes you happy versus what makes you unhappy and see which one's greater Mm. i can't speculate about what this guy is thinking but I can't help but think that maybe it's convenient for him also to have someone in his life where he can kind of lead a double life in a sense. Mm. I mean, the question really is, does he have feelings for you and, and these encounters are just an excuse to see you? Or are you helping him to avoid commitment issues he has with his girlfriend? Mm. And how do you feel in either of those scenarios? You know, well, what is your response to those things? Sexual chemistry sounds really intense, and that is not an easy thing to give up. No, it's not. I can understand that. Yeah. That's why at first I was like, just carry on. <laughs> I, well, that's the thing. Like, usually for, a lot, for most people, like, that sexual, that 
sex gets taken away from them like unwillingly <laughs> exactly it's not a decision that you have to make for yourself so it's very difficult when something when sex like that is regularly offered and you have to make a decision to say yes or no That's exactly really i've never been in that situation <laughs> <laughs> well no i haven't <laughs> It's like, girl, you've been, you're telling me you've been having this kind of sex for five years. I mean, wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> like just just sticking with that for a second. Like, you guys got a lot of passion between you. Yeah. To sustain it for as long as you have. So there's that to consider, too, that it shouldn't just be written off. But at the same time, she also says he comes over, he comes and he leaves. And if that's not meeting your emotional needs and expectations then that's not enough yeah if you want to initiate a conversation I would recommend doing it before he comes (laughs) (laughs) always do it before he comes they're literally like deaf after (laughs) (laughs) yeah Hmm. Hmm, there's a lot to think about in this last Um, one there is a lot there and I just hope that it all goes well whatever path you take towards that communicating with him but I do think you should talk to him yeah I agree and I just think whatever happens I really hope that you feel better yeah me too I'm wishing you really well Mm. wow we didn't do too badly oh my god yeah I can't believe it our first ever relationship advice show I hope everyone is happy with the advice they got (laughs) And doesn't take us too seriously because it's really just two women's opinion. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know we're not we're not relationship experts. I, I mean, I can't speak for you, Sarah. I am not a relationship expert. Hell no, <laughs> no way. And but but seriously, we really wish you the best. I actually think you guys you're already like on the verge of getting the answer you need yeah, all of you I so, think so too. i'm very proud of our listeners they're very clever people. i know i'm my god i'm so blown away such ex- insight such insights you all sound extremely nice and not one of you is a narcissist so no way that's nice i am concerned that we didn't get any questions from men do you think you're all going through life without any mistakes do you have <laughs> no questions do you have no doubts perhaps these women wouldn't be so confused and upset <laughs> If more of you, if more of you sent in a question, just once in a while, you know, just ask. Doesn't hurt to ask. We're literally giving you free advice, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god! I, I feel like we've been uh, fairly non-judgmental in our answers as well. So, if men are worried about being judged, like, I no, don't, this... they're not going to be. This is not the podcast for that. No, no way. We are not at the top of the mountain. We're in the trenches with you guys. 100%. <laughs> We're still figuring everything out. <laughs> um, this was super fun. Uh, I would like to do this again if people want to if people want to continue. Yeah, me too. I totally want to. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's try maybe maybe make it a little regular thing between series. Yeah. <laughs> But in the meantime, do look out for the poll that's coming out when yeah. we decide the theme of season eight. Yeah. And we look forward to you choosing tech yeah. um, and starting that series. <laughs> you know what to do. You okay. Do. Just vote tech. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. 
Thanks, Sarah. Bye. Bye.